anthill is this you know the hills the house of ants that they make and uh, we were very inspired by you know how little these ants are and yet you know they make something which is so strong and so much bigger than themselves so similarly like i feel that if communities you know come together we can create like an impact which is much larger than any one individual so as you know first time founders we try to do everything ourselves and we don't hire till we have an absolute need of it but i think we need to realize that one person cannot solve a problem we need a team to make that possible and uh, it only accelerates your journey so if you are taking the risk to start something you have to take the risk to even hire people even if you do not have maybe say one year ka runway Hey listeners, welcome back. This is episode 35 of Inspire Someone Today. We all grew up as child with lot of joy and happiness. And what drew that? Well, to share that and much more, I'm joined by the young social entrepreneur who is going around with this adage called every child deserves a happy and playful childhood. And her dream as an alumna of IIT Kharagpur is to create happy and joyful places for children i am pleased to have this hero amongst us pooja rai pooja welcome to inspire someone today thank you so much shrikant really looking forward to talking to you likewise pooja so pooja where are you joining us today from i am currently in lucknow which is where my parents stay So, what does social entrepreneur Pooja Rai do? To give you a little bit background, I'm an architect, and uh, while I was studying architecture, I realized that spaces are very powerful in defining the behavior of people. The simplest example of that would be based on how you arrange chairs in a room will define how a set of people sit and interact with each other. Whether you know it's a one-to-many setting or many-to-many people in a conference room, so. with a, with a similar thought you know the same applies to our cities neighborhoods schools and even our playgrounds so that's what i do to my organization which is anthill creation we try to create spaces for children where they can play and learn on their own for children in their early years it is very very important to explore their imagination and creativity and uh, we've been building playgrounds across the country using upcycle material like tiles drums and so far we've built close to 300 playgrounds wow so you familiarize in building playgrounds so that kids can come and uh, play in those playgrounds right and i'm sure there is a reason behind this particular story why did you resort to building playgrounds and how do you fund these playgrounds i mean so the idea started honestly uh, by chance like i was in my final year of college and we saw a few kids who were playing with construction material broken cement pipes they were using their flip flops to play a game of badminton and me and a few friends of mine we decided to build a playground for those children at that point in time we didn't know how big this problem is we just wanted to build one playground since we were students we didn't have a lot of money we ended up building a playground using tiles it turned out to be a very beautiful playground and it became a hit amongst children and over the you know next one two years we received so many requests from across the country to build playgrounds that we realized that this is a very big problem in our country 
we all focus so much on classroom education but we don't realize that play is such an important part of children's life so that's what i wanted to work on uh, i felt this is a very important cause something as simple as a play uh, but it affects children in so many ways so that's how the journey of anthill started and that is my reason to be doing what we are doing i feel it's a very simple solution which has a very high impact how we fund these playgrounds are you know in different ways because larger focus is you know children from low income backgrounds most of our playgrounds are funded by corporates as part of their csr through foundations we also have you know individuals different non-profits funding these playgrounds sometimes the school themselves fund the playgrounds we have also recently started working with government so there are different ways depending on the geography how these playgrounds are funded Okay, so basically, you get the playgrounds given by either corporates, government, or the communities, and then you start building the playgrounds on top of it. The foundation, CSR, organization, individuals are the ones who are funding the playgrounds. Uh, okay. The space belongs mostly to government or the school. So we build these playgrounds in government schools, in public spaces like lakeside, dead spaces in the city. We also build these playgrounds in some of the uh, dead spaces, which end up becoming dumpyards. So we work with the government to clean them up and make it a community space for children. And a lot of the stuff that you do on your projects is leveraging the communities. How important it is, and why did you kind of go ahead with this concept of involving the communities in your projects? The so communities play a very, very important role of what we are trying to solve. We are not a playground construction company, right? There are a lot of playground manufacturers already so one is of course we are bringing innovation in the design but a very important part of what we are doing is also creating awareness around play and making people realize that it is so important for their children and hence community involvement becomes a critical part of what we do uh, we build the playgrounds on the site like we get these tires metal drums at the school location and then we work with the local community to build that playground this has multiple you know uh, reasons one is of course the community takes ownership of the playground they feel that this is a playground that they have built so they know how to maintain it they also understand how a playground is built and because they are involved in the process from the beginning they don't see it as something that somebody from outside came and you know built it for them so i think that is one of the reasons second is also you know to understand the local context to understand the requirement because like if we just look at india itself every state every geography is different so to understand the local context we need to work with the communities we can't have like one model which fits all parts of the country we need to have these uh, modular playgrounds and yet sort of contextual to where we are building this playground so there is a sense of inclusivity there is a sense of the regional context bringing into the picture absolutely and you did mention about you have set up close to about 180 plus playgrounds across uh, 18 different states across india what are some of the things that you observed in kids uh, what traits have kids picked up by virtue of having these playgrounds being set up by ant hill so the 300 playgrounds that we built so far um, are present in different geographies like some of them are in metro cities like delhi mumbai bangalore but some of these playgrounds are in very remote geographies of odisha and maharashtra and up and uh, the very first observation that we see you know in all of these schools where we have built playgrounds is the attendance rate so every teacher has said you know that children now come early to school they stay back after the school 
So, you know, for such a long time, we have all struggled to understand why children don't like coming to school. But here, you know, there is a reason why they want to. So that is one of the changes that we have seen. Like we've also got feedback from few teachers that parents see playground as also like a infrastructure development. And, uh, you know, when they want to send their kids to a school which has all of these facilities. So from that point angle also, like the admissions in the schools have increased. On a more finer level, we have, you know, got feedback from teachers that children started observing things like this, these playgrounds are made from tires. So one of the child came to the teacher and said that this is the three hour concept that you taught in class. So in front of their eyes, they're seeing, you know, how a waste material can be upcycled into a beautiful playground. So this motivates them and then they go back and do small things like make, uh, you know, planters out of plastic bottles. So I feel children learn by seeing things, by getting involved and not with a very theoretical knowledge that we give to them. So I think uh, these are some of the stories that we have heard from teachers. We've also had like uh, um, experiences of children where they became more engaged with other children because playground gave them that space where they could mingle with other children, make friends. Nice. So in a way, it has led to the overall development of the child, just not academically or even after school hours but overall development of the child right wonderful just interviewed where did this name anthill come from so anthill uh, name was actually suggested by one of my friend uh, nupur and uh, we were all we are all designers and architects and we draw a lot of inspiration from nature so anthill is this you know the hills the house of ants that they make and uh, we were very inspired by, you know, how little these ants are and yet, you know, they make something which is so strong and so much bigger than themselves. So similarly, like, I feel that if communities, you know, come together, we can create like an impact which is much larger than any one individual. So, you know, with that philosophy, we all related to that and came up with this name. Oh, that's a wonderful metaphor to what you've been doing, Pooja. <laughs> yeah. So checking along to the next section, uh, which is about startup and the ecosystem. So what has been your own lessons being in this particular space, doing a work which you cannot kind of generate revenue as the normal startup would have seen? So just walk us through what has been your lessons uh, having set up Ant Hill, making a community impact and seeing the lives of the child being transformed, just not inside the classroom, but outside as well. Um, I think that's a great question and something that I am still learning, I would say. I think in a for-profit world, it's very simple to, you know, define success. Uh, when you're trying to create an impact, there is no one metric. You know, there is impact, then there is uh, environmental impact. So the triple bottom line that we hear often about. So I feel that from a social enterprise context, I would say funding increases your reach and your impact. And it is definitely important. And we cannot see funding and impact in silos. Like they're not opposite, right? Uh, so we do need funding to maximize the impact that we are trying to create. Within our organization, uh, we do follow the concept of impact first. So whenever we have to make a decision where maybe with one choice, we can make more profits and money versus where we can make impact, we will always choose on how we can create more impact. So, yeah, I think that's one of the differences that I see. And in terms of success also, we do have impact metrics and they are not purely 
number based right it's not only mm-hmm. just how many children we are impacting or how many playgrounds we have built but we also look at you know what are the changes that are happening through these playgrounds so sometimes you know we do take a pause to understand go back to our playgrounds and you know rework keep the feedback loop active but to answer your question yes we do optimize on our cost as well and i feel of course our focus is around impact but funding is an important aspect of i feel any enterprise whether it's a non-profit impact focus or otherwise yeah that's wonderful impact first you lead from making an impact and then everything else follows suit exactly right and when pooja is not making playgrounds you are delivering play in a box how did that innovation happen and how critical is innovation in this particular space you know one of the questions that uh, most early stage startups right not necessarily non profits ask me is like are you not scared of your competitors you know anyone can start building tie playgrounds and so i feel that the only thing you can do to beat your competitors is to be ahead of them and that is why innovation is very very important so i mean to be honest uh, we had started working on the idea of play in a box even before the pandemic started but how pandemic brought tech to most of the startups it brought a new innovation to our uh, uh, organization as well and like i mentioned in the beginning we work very closely with communities so when the pandemic hit most of the communities that we worked with were badly hit um, most of the communities were migrant labor communities or people who had lost their jobs and uh, when we you know we started doing covid relief work and when we visited some of their uh, localities we realized that these people live in very small houses and children feel stuck inside like they are children are not used to staying confined to a room they like running they have a lot of energy so we felt that if children are not coming out to play let's take play to their homes and that's how the idea of play in a box started uh the very first version of the box you know we just bought a few games from the market and gave it to children children absolutely loved it but we realized that that was not helping them with what they were missing so what we did in our games was we designed our own games and made sure that we designed games which helps children in their learning so we have a game which helps them in their physical activity we have a game which helps them in their uh social emotional skills helps them in improving their fine motor skills we have a game which helps them in their creative expression so there are art based games that is why we are not like giving individual game but we are giving this as a package which will keep children engaged for almost one year and also give them the variety through these games so that's how the reinvention happened so when you were not able to take play to the playgrounds you took play back to the living spaces and made kids to still continue to play right right great and for a lot of the listeners out here bhuja i think one question that is on top of everybody's mind is i would want to engage myself in some kind of a social entrepreneurship mm-hmm. but there are a lot of questions looming on on in my head for which i don't know the answers maybe since you are in a social entrepreneur yourself been in this journey for some years now i'll ask you some of those questions and let's see what you have as uh, advice or uh, input for all of the listeners out here So as I want to be social entrepreneur what are the things to watch out for So I think when you're um, you know deciding to be social entrepreneur I feel any entrepreneurship uh, you have to you know work on an idea that you personally relate with and uh, you can actually understand the cause So uh, I think that's very important right like people say that passion is uh, 
overrated but i think that's what keeps you going in difficult times when you're starting something new there will be a lot of times when you will feel that you know this is going downhill and it might not work i have not heard a single startup story where people have not faced obstacles so you have to be prepared for that and just learn to basically overcome those obstacles and move forward so if you're passionate about an idea i think you will find ways you will have to keep that persistence and patience to keep moving forward so i think that has been i think one thing that you should prepare yourself for if you're starting a social enterprise so i heard three p's there passion persistence and patience i'll add another p which is what are the pitfalls to look out for or what are the pitfalls to avoid one of the things that's very important is you know building a core team and uh, when people ask me what is one thing you would like to change you know how our first few years was i would say that i would have built my team way earlier so as you know first time founders we try to do everything ourselves and we don't hire till we have an absolute need of it but i think we need to realize that one person cannot solve a problem we need a team to make that possible and uh, it only accelerates your journey so if you are taking the risk to start something you have to take the risk to even hire people even if you do not have maybe say one year ka runway so i think that has been one of to make sure that you know like your team is important and build the team early on second i would say uh, regarding funding so as soon as we start an organization we even before we have built the product or got the product market fit we start thinking of how to raise money so i think that like you need to raise the right amount at the right phase of your startup so if you raise more than what you need right now you will maybe not optimize that much so have to be careful in terms of when you raise funds how you spend your time doing what and along the way i am sure you would have had lots of people giving you advice and you has received lot of advice in this process but again as somebody wanting to be in entrepreneurial journey what advices one need to not pay heed to this not an answer that i can you know answer for everyone so for us also you know we were lucky to get incubated at iron bangalore in our first year itself and we had access to some amazing mentors but the challenge came when two very inspiring mentors would tell you completely opposite things and that was first time i realized that we don't have to do everything that mentors tell us in fact mentors themselves i feel the most of the experienced mentors they don't tell you to do things they ask you questions so ultimately i feel as an entrepreneur you have to take those decisions mentors can only guide you and you need to figure out which if you don't feel comfortable about it you know you need to have earlier i used to you know take everything whatever mentors would advise me i would think that is like the best thing to do but i think today after a few years even mentors listen to uh, you know wh- what our challenges are and the, it's a, it's a, it's more of a discussion it's more of questions that they ask me rather than giving me you know a spoon feed guidance as to what to do forward so i think that that i feel is the best way how i have benefited from mentorship interesting so mentors is definitely one of the areas that all want to be entrepreneurs to be looking into and along with that are there any specific forums or associations that you would recommend that somebody can be part of it to accelerate their own learning or their own entrepreneurial uh, journey i was fortunate to be a part of many such networks and i think every network has helped me first is i think your college alumni network if you have access to that network i feel that's one of the first places to look for 
help because you might have people who are way ahead in your journey and you can learn from them apart from that i think if you're a first time founder or a early stage early stage and if you're starting a enterprise in your early in your career then it's very very helpful if you are a part of an incubator or an accelerator because it gives you network and there are a lot of advantages to access that you get through peer networks through other founders through the mentors that you get connected so we were a part of iim bangalore incubator and we got all of those help the, the, the advantage of being at iim bangalore was we were not just connected to social enterprises but we had a network to a very large pool of startups and we even collaborated with few of those startups so, so that's uh, very important i was also a part of startup leadership network i had also uh, been to you know uh, jagriti yatra so these were like places where i could ask for help when i needed in my startup uh, be it hiring be it connecting with corporates and i think network plays a very important role when you are starting your own enterprise that's wonderful piece of uh, advice pooja thank you and also you hear from a lot of the individuals who want to contribute to the public space how can individual contribute to public space as an example how can they kind of join hands with something uh, that ant hill is doing so we build playgrounds across the country and uh, uh, you can definitely you know associate with ant hill volunteer with us come help build the playground paint the playground even virtually if they want to help organizations like ours uh, we would be happy to you know work with you you can also volunteer with organizations like ugly indian if you want to work uh, they have a great volunteering chapter but i think one is of course you can volunteer with these organizations you can also start with small step not throwing things on the road you know uh, or maybe creating awareness in your colony or in your apartment so it can be as simple as that and uh, i think awareness is a very important thing that we do not give that much importance to because if all of us are aware i think things will become we will start coming up with solutions as communities and uh, it is no one organization or say only government who can solve these problems it has to be citizens organizations government all coming together and then only we can actually solve some of these problems that we see in the city mm-hmm. so coming together and raising the awareness so that's a way where people can contribute can make an impact right great so pooja will slip into a new segment this is called as the power of three round so the first question in the power of three round is three routines pooja follows religiously so i think i start my day by looking at my calendar <laughs> in fact i wake up and i'm like alexa what's on my calendar so uh i have found calendarizing things as one of the best ways for time management and uh, i remember one of my colleague was uh, you know staying over and she was freaked out that how much you calendarize things so that <laughs> that's an important part of my routine i never skip breakfast so i always make time that's my favorite meal of the day so i make sure i have my breakfast and my cup of tea before not necessarily before i start my day but like i make sure i don't skip that uh, when i'm going to office or when i'm working from home third routine uh, i i want to say exercising but that's not something i do every day um i think a third routine would be just the daily stand up with the team uh, uh gives me time to plan out my day uh, when we are on the call and uh, helps us from uh, distractions throughout the day 
So I think these three things uh, are something that I follow every day. Nice. If you have to have a choice of anybody in the world, who are the three people that you would want to be the board members of Ant Hill? One person I would want, uh, definitely want, would be the founder of Kaboom, who is right now. So Kaboom is a US-based organization building playgrounds, and they have done an amazing job in the last 25 years. So the founder, Daryl Hammond, is uh, on the board of Bernard Van Leer Foundation as well, and he would be one person, absolutely. I think the second person would be Kabir Vajpayee, who is basically he introduced the concept of Bala, so building as a learning aid. So from a design perspective, I think he would be a great person to guide us. He has also spent around 20, 25 years uh, um, working with government across India, and uh, we have interacted with him. He's a mentor as well, and uh, he, we have learned a lot from him. We, we, we already have like uh, uh, two of our mentors. So I think those like Lan and Naga, who whom we met through the incubators that we were a part of, they've been guiding us for the past five years. So those two people. Nice. Three lessons that Pooja has learned from running Anthill. So uh, I think one is embracing uncertainty. I mean, because not just because that's what, something that you face every day, but I think because of the pandemic, I just learned to embrace uncertainty and move on and create more and be just more innovative and be relevant in the time so that's one of the things biggest learning second personal learning is just being patient with things i feel before until i was i was a very impatient as a person but uh, in the last five years i have learned that if you're trying to create a bigger impact it takes time and there is no shortcut to doing things the third learning would be just the importance of people in your life uh, be it your friends family team plays a very important role in your growth, in your uh, mental health. So creating the support system, I would say, has been a very important part of my learning in the past five years. Oh, that's a fantastic list. Thanks for sharing. Three things that you are proud of, Pooja? I think one is, of course, like we've impacted more than 200,000 children. I don't know if that number is big or small, but for me, you know, every single child that we have impacted. So I'm like super proud of what we have as a team achieved and what I have what I started five years back as just a two-people team, today we have been able to, through that intervention, change so many lives. Second, I would say the culture that we have built in Anthill, I feel uh, this is very, in every sort of team uh, retreat, we do talk about the culture that we want to build in the organization. And I'm happy that people have made like amazing friendships while they are here. And I hope, you know, as we grow in terms of number of people, we do not lose out on that amazing collaborative culture that we have today, uh, because that is what brings innovation. That is what, uh, you know, gives ownership to people. So that's second. Third thing, uh, I would say recently I built a playground in my native village. So I, I was visiting my village after almost seven to eight years. And somebody said that, you know, you're building playgrounds across the world. Why don't you come build in one in your village? Uh, it was extremely satisfying to go back to your roots and build playground. Okay, the last question under the power of three around Pooja is what are three things on Pooja's bucket list? So regarding Ansel, I think uh, one of the things that I look forward to in the next one, two years is, uh, you know, being able to work with government because I feel government gives you, uh, you know, access to that scale. So we are in conversations with a few government bodies and that's something that I look forward to do. On a personal level, I have, um, I like adventures. Like I learned skiing uh, last year and uh, I would want to go back to skiing again once things are better after the pandemic. So that's second. Uh, I mean, it doesn't sound like a bucket list, but yeah. <laughs> 
and um, the third thing would be um oh yes i want to uh, learn skating and probably uh, build a skate park uh, in uh, either my village or one of the robot villages <laughs> wow how cool that would be yes <laughs> So, Pooja, you did touch upon a bit on uh, what you want to see from an anthill standpoint over the next twelve, twenty-four months. So, this is a slightly a broader question. What is anthill's vision for the future? On a very, very basic level, we want to make sure that you know, play is not something that is only for the privileged section of the society. I feel every child deserves a childhood which is playful, and by building these playgrounds, we want to ensure that. every single child in the country has access to a playscape in their neighborhood so that's one also like how much based on all the researches and readings that i've done i feel play is a very important part of education so i want to make sure that play becomes the norm it becomes a part of education and it is not seen as something which is opposite of education so play and learning is something that i'm super inspired to work on and i think that is the direction that anthill new solutions would also take So, Pooja, can you slightly build on that that play part of education? There are some traits that you have spoken in uh, some of the TED talks as how play enhances negotiation skills amongst kids, enhances patience amongst kids. Right. Uh, would you want to touch upon that particular piece? So, play is the most natural way of learning for children. You know, from the time a child is born, a child starts playing even before they learn how to hold a pencil. so learning alphabet is not uh, you know the only thing that a child needs to learn a child needs to have a overall holistic development so cognitive is one part of it but there is also you know social emotional building and most of the 21st century skills like compromise negotiation working in teams some of the skills that we need today you know when working in offices like these are not taught in classrooms these are the things that we learn in life while playing and like the transformation that we have seen in the last 20 years from when we were young we used to spend so much time playing outdoors today's children start you know playing on their mobile phones and do not spend time outside playing and so they are missing out on all of these things so that's why i feel that play is a very important part of education and uh, like even in education if you teach the same things in a playful way a child will remember the method they will Uh, you know know how you reach the conclusion and not just what the conclusion is as we are trying to gamify education we should also ensure that it's not a forced gamification but it's something that comes naturally to children and play sorry education and learning should not be this hard it should be something that we want to do and that we are excited about so that's what play through learning is that's fantastic that's a pretty audacious goal that antil has and i wish you and your team the very best in achieving that audacious goal so pooja you have been a fantastic young ambassador in the social entrepreneurship space you are making an impactful uh, impact to the society what should inspire someone today message to all of our listeners out here so uh, i think uh, there's only one message that i would um, you know want to tell people is uh, to have bias for action so when you think of an idea go ahead and do it a lot of times we spend so much time on contemplating that we don't even get started so getting started is the first step and the very mo- and the most important step so if you want to do something uh, you can start very small because like i said the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step so yeah i think that's my only uh, sort of advice and learning that i have had that's a fantastic advice 
have bias for action and pooja thank you so much for taking time and sharing your wonderful journey of ant hill and how you are transforming the play spaces for our uh, young uh, children in india so thank you so much wish you good luck that was pooja rai from ant hill creations i hope you enjoyed this particular episode and some interesting insights from pooja particularly around the areas of how social enterprises needs to focus on impact first and profits next the three p's of passion persistence and patience that makes one's dream come true thank you for listening and if this episode has interested you and you think somebody else can benefit feel free to share them until next time Take care of yourself. Thank you for listening into today's edition of Inspire Someone Today. It's been a privilege to bring in these conversations. If you like this episode and have any feedback or comments, do mail me at inspiresomeonetodaypodcast@gmail.com. Inspiring someone is like creating ripples around us. If you like what you listen, feel free to share them and let's create ripples of inspiration. Do not forget to follow me on my Instagram handle at the rate inspire someone today podcast for all the latest updates. This is Srikant, your host, signing off, and until next time, keep inspiring.